Welcome to the New Gen Podcast, designed by First Gens for First Gens, where we invite discussion to better educate the public about what life is like as a first-generation student and share our experiences as a way to connect with other individuals. Um, I'm your host, Bibi. Uh, today, I'm joined by two guests from the First Gen Club, and I'm super excited for you to get to know them, and I'll give them a chance to introduce themselves and tell us a little bit about their background. Yeah, so hi, my name is Cricket Friend. Um, I'm the president of the First Generation Club here at UNLV. Uh, a little bit about me is I am a senior. This will be my last semester here at UNLV unless, you know, things change. Um, and I am a finance major. So I know a lot of the business school and things like that. Um, and I also uh, work at the university over at the lead library. So I got a lot of different background between university-wide, um, student-wide, and just overall. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, thank you. Um, my name is Angelica Shenuda, and I also go by Angie. Um, I am a second year student at UNLV, and I'm majoring in gender and sexuality studies um, and minoring in psychology, and I am the social media coordinator for First Gen Club. So I run the Instagram account that we have. Thank you, Cricket and Angelica, for joining us today. We're excited to get to know you and a little bit about your club. Um, so I guess we should start with that. Um, what is the First Gen Club? Um, so I guess I'll tackle that question there. Uh, so the First Generation Club is basically dedicated to developing ways to support UNLV first generation transfer and non-traditional students to adjust in, to the new environment, lifestyle, and academic traditions of college. Um, so our goal is to cultivate a community to assist and ensure students for first generation college students uh, in order to achieve their academic, professional, and personal goals. And Ultimately, we strive to help first-generation students get the full college experience and provide them with the resources that they may need. Um, and even our organization has actually opened up our doors wider than what has been considered first-gen by a lot of universities. Um, so as for UNLV, um, it's considered a first-gen if your parents either did not go to college or didn't finish at a four-year institution. Um, and with us, we have understand that you know there are a lot of struggles that students face. So we've kind of opened our doors. And the example we like to use is you know if you have a family full of lawyers or doctors, but you want to uh, major in graphic design, obviously the resources are going to be a little different and the information your parents may tell you might not quite fit your major or even fit the time that you're in with college. Um, and especially with the pandemic right now, like we all, we like to consider everyone right now a first gen basically just because, you know, we're all trying to learn this remote and virtual uh, learning, especially since before we had an option whether we wanted to be in person or online. And unfortunately, we don't have that time, that option right now. So we're all kind of learning how to uh, navigate this online world of education. So um, for us, you know, we wanted to open our doors wider to be able to have a bigger audience for our members and just be able to have more people be able to come in and be a part of the community um, in order to, you know, have that um, in order to have that space for students to, you know, fully engage and interact with many other students on campus. Wow, that's really cool. I never considered the definition of like, or I guess, because in our first episode that we talked about, we spent some time defining first gen. And we basically came to the conclusion that if you feel you're first gen, then you're first gen. And your club is literally encompassing that statement. Like I didn't even consider like the pandemic and how we're literally navigating a whole new set, uh, like a whole new college world that people before us did not have to go through. So 
I really like that definition. That's really, really cool how inclusive the first gen club is. Um, so for those who are listening, it might be for you too, if you want to be a part of it. <laughs> Great. So thank you for telling us about the first gen club. So I guess now we just want to get to know a little bit more about you, Cricket and Angelica. So my first question to start off this conversation is how do you fit the first gen mold? So um, both of my parents are actually um, immigrants. Um, so, uh, but I do have an older sister though who did go to college. So at first I like didn't, like I feel like this is common with many first gen students is that like they didn't really know they were a first gen student. Um, Cause when my sister went to college, I was like, oh, I'm not, I'm not a first gen student anymore. Uh, Cause she went to college. <laughs> um, uh, but I actually got involved with the club because of her. So um, I got, this club helped me realize even more like, oh, I am a first-gen student, like, I'm still navigating, even though I do have a sibling that's going to college, um, but yeah, that's, uh, I guess that's how I'm a first-gen student, and I'm also the very first, uh, gender and sexuality studies major in my family, like, I've only had my older sister, she's a psych major, um, like, I don't know, I guess that's kind of, like, what we've talked about before with, um, the definition of being a first-gen student, of, like, pursuing something that no one in your family has pursued before, um, like, in itself is also, like something that encompasses being first gen. So um, yeah, I guess that's kind of how I fit the mold and yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That's really cool. Um, so did you get the term first gen from your sister? Yeah, I didn't even know what it was actually. Um, Cause she went into college a year before me cause she did take a, we're three years apart. Um, and so like she did take a few years off before entering college. So like she had a year ahead of me of like experience. Um, so when I entered college, she was a second year student and already she had that one year of experience ahead of me. Um, and I have no idea actually how she even figured out what first gen was. Um, it might've been from a scholarship or something or just the club in general and meeting someone on campus who was first gen. Um, but like she really, she's the only reason I'm involved. and. Um, like with this club and for knowing exactly what that term was because like when I heard of it like I for some reason like I just immediately thought like like a first-gen American or just like I don't know just I I didn't really even know like (laughs) the only which is also like an important part of being first-gen as well but um but yeah that's that's kind of how I heard of it just from her (laughs) yeah for sure and I I felt similar because anytime you would google first-gen on the internet it talks about first gen americans not necessarily first gen students and i'm like wait i'm not that part i'm this part so yeah i totally get that um cricket how do you fit the first gen mold yeah um i actually kind of had a similar thing with angelica because i first myself didn't originally think i was first gen um for my understanding when i first went into college was that first gen meant your parents never went to college never looked at it never discussed it and because my dad went for one to two semesters, he, he finished one semester and then started the second one and then uh, ended up going to the army. So he did he had some of the college experience, but definitely not as long as the, you know, the full term or anything or graduating. So I thought from the beginning, I wasn't first gen. I wasn't considered it because my dad had went. Uh, it actually wasn't until I met Angelica where we had a class together in philosophy that I learned about first gen club and what it was to be first gen. Um, so it was really interesting for me to learn how this community is and how uh, wider it even was than what I thought it was. So, and I think that we've kind of taken that into account as to how we've kind of overall ran the organization is because, you know, if you have too narrow of uh, 
a group of community, then there's not going to be as many people that can be a part of it. So, you know, learning that, oh, even if your parents went but didn't finish, that opens the doors a little wider. And then, of course, now we've opened it more to, you know, your parents graduated, but you're a different major, or you just want to learn more about the information and resources that, you know, the campus can give you. Uh, Obviously, not everyone knows everything on campus, you know, even their parents may not have used some of the resources. So that's kind of something for us. And, you know, finally being able to realize I'm a first generation student and being able to know that there's so much information out there that I didn't know when I started. You know, I wish I had the information that I have now that when I started back when I was a freshman, you know, because it made college a lot easier and a lot less stressful. Yeah, definitely. I really resonate with that. And also considering like you both are in leadership roles, like would you have imagined like your first year freshman version of yourself would have expected that? I don't know. Like, what do you think? (laughs) No, I, I don't think I would have like just thinking back as a freshman, like I used to be a commuter student. So I would come to get up, go to school, go to class, come home, do homework, go to sleep and repeat. So thinking back of myself getting involved alone, being, you know, in a leadership role, I don't think my, my uh, freshman self would have, seen that coming for sure for sure um what empowered I guess both of you to seek out the roles that you have now this probably won't sound like very inspiring or good but like I I feel like I was kind of pressured a little bit because um like my sister was in it and I was like oh I want to like I don't know I want to join and be like her like and, and be like a leadership role too um which I guess was kind of a good thing for me because it pushed me out of my comfort zone because all throughout high school like I was in clubs but never in a leadership role like and I was like oh no I can't I can't do this like I always thought I was like I can't do it but um like her and her the friends that she had that were in the cl- first gen club when I was there they're graduating now but they were like uh really like building me up and being like you can do it you know like you can do it <laughs> um so I was like okay I'll, I'll do it um and it turned out to be like a really, really great decision for me because um, I this is my this was my very first leadership role, so um, I'm like really I'm <laughs> thankful for it now. Um, and yeah, that's uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Did I answer the question? Yeah, it totally did. <laughs> I, I heard a lot about how it was a circle around you that helped you um, or influenced yeah. you to to get into this leadership role. So it sounds like you ha- you surrounded yourself by some really awesome people. Yeah, they're they're amazing. I miss them. <laughs> well, I see my sister every day, but <laughs> Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> what about you, Cricket? Yeah, I think what really got me into it was uh like I said, I, I had become friends with Angelica and one of our other board members, Leah, and just learning about the organization, I'm like, you know what, I wanna help, I wanna be, you know, a you know, contributing member to the organization. And me being who I am I like to have like show leadership skills but I never thought I would be a part of a leadership role and something you know as the size of we, we are and I think for me is I wanted to be a part of something and to be able to you know work towards goals that can really help other people um, my overall goal in life is to help others um, whether it's professionally my finance degree um, or you know in life like first generation and uh, academically and I think for me, it was just wanting to help an organization get bigger um, and stronger. Because uh, I think, you know, before we used to have our organization was really small. And it wasn't something that everyone knew about. So the goal was to make sure people knew about our organization and get as many people in as possible, just so that they had that community and that experience. Um, and ultimately to just get 
this organization well known and to know that first generation is something to be proud of, um, which unfortunately it has, does have some negative thoughts on it sometimes where people think, oh, I'm a first gen, I should keep that quiet, where now we're trying to make sure that's empowering and get like that the honor uh, of being first gen. So I think that was our overall goal, especially with last semester with our first gen week, like for the university, we wanted to make sure first gen was known and first gen was proud. I love that. Thank you for sharing. Um, I think that's really cool because both of you are great examples about, um, you know, of people in our community that have that potential to be in leadership roles and at the same time, like uplift our community and not just yourselves, because um, at the end of the day, these leadership roles are going to, you know, help you as you progress through your career um, pathways and as a person and all that. But you're also lifting the community up with you. So that's really, really cool. And I just love that intention behind, you know, empowering other first gens in the first gen club and that you both brought that in. That's awesome. So I guess. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Uh, so what motivated um, both of you to pursue higher education? So for me, um, both my parents, like I mentioned earlier, both of them are immigrants. Like my dad came from Italy and my mom came from El Salvador. So neither of them, like I just saw like, really just how they build themselves up, both of them, like in like to be here and just to be where they are now. So um, I, I don't know, I feel like I was motivated just to try and I guess make them proud and like be like, okay, they, they came here not for nothing, you know, like I'm gonna do something and um, pursue my dreams. Like we're like, cause I didn't really know um, like what I wanted to do when I got in college. Like I always had that little thing in the back of my head that I wanted to be a psychologist. Um, Back when I was in high school, I took an AP psych class and I, I really love psychology. So I wanted to be like a psychologist and just um, pursue that dream that I thought was like something that I really wanted to do um, in my life. So, yeah, I wanted that's kind of like what built me up in general to make me want to go to college, too, um, which in turn, actually, uh, throughout college, so I'm sure many other first gen students and just college students in general uh, will have the experience of changing their major. Um, so it's actually a psych major at first. So. I think in general, like going throughout college, like you can find your path and you don't have to have your path right away. But um, I'm glad that I pursued higher education. That I'm here today, though. Yeah, definitely. Um, thank you for sharing. And because yours really resonates with me because I have a very similar story. I also took a psychology class in high school and was like, I'm going to be a psychologist and I'm about to graduate in psych college this is not the career I'm going for anymore <laughs> still in the fields but just a little bit different um and plus you changed your major to gender sexuality and sexuality right um what made what yeah. about that major like I guess caught your interest yeah so um I actually didn't even know it was a major until um I think I had I don't remember who it was but I saw like an introduction post on some social media page of like it was someone saying like oh I'm a gender and sexuality studies major and I was like what is that so I went and looked into it more um and it really resonated with me like I still don't exactly know what I want to do with that degree but um like maybe something in nonprofit work after I get my bachelor's but um but reading through it it really resonated with me because it's about um I don't know it's I feel like gender and sexuality is something that uh, influences our daily life and it's something that's really like important to me ever since I was like little I, was, I don't know I don't know if this is like um 
I was like a diehard feminist. I'm just like, yes, equality, you know, like, I don't know. And uh, I just want to learn more about that and how that influences our daily life. So that's something that I like, I just, I was like, these are classes that I all really love. Like, this is something I want to learn about, even though not to, to shake on psych, because I really love psych too. I just feel like that had more to do about research and things that I wasn't as passionate about anymore. Um, and in gender and sexuality, I was passionate like my whole life about, but I didn't really know, realize it. So just knowing that it was a major, I was like, oh, this is perfect for me. Like, I really am so happy that I switched. Um, and I think it's like one of the best like decisions <laughs> that I've made. I'm just really a lot happier now. So um, yeah, that's that's kind of how I got into it. And it happened by accident, which is funny. <laughs> that's awesome. And that's really cool that it sounds like you were honest with yourself the entire time of what, you know, pathway you wanted to take. Like you mentioned, you did like psych, but you weren't as maybe as passionate about the research. And then you found this major and everything about it just resonated with you. And you made that decision to switch, you know, because sometimes we feel pressured to stay committed to the majors that we chose, even if it's not exactly what we feel calls to us. So that's really cool. It's because we're going to change our majors all the time. Um, or if you're going to be like me, you're just going to add another major. It just depends. <laughs> um, what about you, Cricket? What motivated you to pursue higher education? Yeah, I mean, uh, I kind of had similar, you know, to you guys. Like, my, I wanted to some, do something that I wanted, that I was passionate about. Um, so at the beginning, I was a marketing major. I told myself I was never going to change my major. Well, look at me now. I've now a finance major. So obviously I've changed and I've, I definitely did what I wasn't said I wasn't going to do, but you know, I'm, I'm loving what I'm doing now. And I think what ultimately got me to pursue higher education was I wanted to do something in business, which most of the time you have to get a degree of some sort, or at least learn some of the information about. Um, and I also wanted to go past like what my family has done before. So like I said, my dad only went for one to two semesters. So I still wanted to be able to get past that and finish. Um, also, as you know, as the oldest in my family, I feel like I'm a role model. So having me be able to do it shows my siblings that they can also do it. Um, so I think, you know, just getting into higher education has definitely helped me not only achieve my goal, but to actually find out what I wanted to do. Um, because like I said, I was a marketing major originally, and I took one finance class and it, it switched me immediately, almost immediately. It took me like one or two um, classes in that class that I was like, you know what, marketing is no longer what I want to do. Finance is what I'm truly passionate about. And it wasn't until I got to higher education that I found out, you know, what is finance and what is marketing. So I could find out marketing is not for me, but finance actually is. So it's, I'm very glad that I pursued the higher education because then I wouldn't have known that finance is my, my true calling, I guess I could say. Mm -hmm. For sure. And, um, what, I guess, what kind of research did you do in, you know, you said you found out what finance really is and what marketing really is. So how did you find that out? Um, was it through like your, just your classes or did you talk to somebody? I think for me, like I started learning like the background of marketing. Like I started out in high school. I had a marketing, a business marketing and hospitality. Um, it was like a program. So it was similar to like how college has their majors, but it, in that high school, cause it was a career in tech school. It was a program. So, you know, I learned that throughout four years and thought I knew what exactly marketing was. And I think 
overall, when I was in that program, it was, you know, marketing is advertising, marketing is sales. Um, but to find out when I got to college, it was definitely more research-based, which I don't mind research. It's just not exactly what I want to do. Um, and finding out that, you know, there's a lot more to marketing than just, you know, making an advertisement or, you know, selling a product. So, uh, and then when I found, when I got into my finance class and started learning about like what really goes into finance, um, it was that at that point that I wanted to do so much research. So I would look online and figure out like what kind of, uh, what kind of professions are in finance or what, um, what can entail in finance. And I think I really got into, especially the finance part of YouTube of budgeting and, you know, credit cards and, you know, bank statements and things like that, that really got me hooked. Um, but just finding out that there was something else out there. Uh, when I took my first finance class, my very first day after the, after going over the syllabus and everything and finding out what actually is the core of finance was like, you know what? I've never been exposed to this. So I didn't know this was out there. So I finally, whatever, however it clicked in my head, it was just like, this is what I want to do. This is my passion. So I'm very thankful for my very first professor that, you know, got that in my head. Because if I hadn't, or if I had a different professor, that information may not have clicked as well. Mm -hmm. For sure. And it sounds like you and Angelica both had, like, these initial impressions about these majors, or maybe not even having any idea on what it is. And, you know, through, like, your classes and professors and just your, the research, talking to people, you know, those kinds of things that you got a clear understanding and that really um, like influence what your job could look like after, you know, like finding out, oh, research is not for me. Like that's a big thing to figure out, you know, cause a lot of these majors are research based. Um, so that's really cool. And being again, honest with yourself and being like, uh, I don't really want to do that. Um, which is the most important part. <laughs> it's just changing and being flexible to change. Um, so we're going to go move on to what I, I think is my favorite question, but, um, and I guess if Cricket, you want to start off with this one, um, in what ways has being a first-gen student been a superpower for you? So for me, um, this question is actually, uh, when you said these questions before, it was actually interesting because it's the one I thought about the most, because I wasn't sure what exactly would be my superpower, but after, you know, realizing what you had asked, thinking about it and how, you know, first generation is usually a negative connotation. I think for me, after realizing that being a first generation student is a good thing and something to be proud of, I think that itself is the superpower, knowing that you can go through all the hurdles and challenges and taking the time to accomplish your, your goals and that that there shows that just because you're a first generation student means that you're not going to let that stop you uh, from doing what you want to do and accomplishing your goals. You know, being able to push through those boundaries and uh, break through that glass ceiling and doing something that you want to do and doing something that your family hasn't done before or your friend circle hasn't done before. I think that itself is the superpower is knowing that you can do it because I know just talking with other members of my organization before they really get into what first gen is, they're like, Oh, I'm a first generation student. I don't, uh, I don't know all the answers, but I'm supposed to keep that quiet. And I think that is, you know, it's hard on students to think, Oh, I'm a first gen. I'm supposed to hide it. I think being first gen is something to be proud of and to something to, you know, showcase. Um, and I was even on uh, a podcast last semester. It was called um, UNLV Groundbreakers. And I loved how they had it put through that 
first generation students are groundbreakers. They're doing something new. They're breaking the ground on something. So I think, you know, having that concept of being a first gen and knowing that that is something to be proud of and to uh, have that as your superpower, I think that was the part that for me that kind of encompassed that superpower idea. I love that. I love that you had that realization. And I think you brought up a good point um, because you said you were talking to, you know, some of your um, club members and how when they were struggling, they felt the need to keep it quiet. And it, you know, it sounds to me like you do the opposite. You make it known. You're like, yeah, I don't know. But here I am paving the pathway. And I just think that's really cool because, you know, I think I mean, I've experienced this multiple times. and I know a ton of other first gens too, that we just have this need to be silent about our struggles and not like, we don't want anyone to know that we're first gen and that we're quote unquote outsiders or that's how we feel. Right. And the reality is like, we're a big part of the community and we're here being groundbreakers. I, I love that term and, you know, disrupting the, I guess, classic typical college student and things like that. So I really love that. Thank you for sharing. Angelico, what about you? What is, uh, how has being a first-gen student been a superpower for you? Yeah, I want to say, like, I think Cricket put that, like, literally amazing. <laughs> so I kind of want to piggyback off of what she said, too, because um, I feel like being a first-gen student, I don't know, trains us in a way to be more resilient and more determined, because I feel like all, like, we're just, like, defying the odds, because, um a lot of things aren't set up in a way to benefit first-gen students sometimes. It's like, it's so much harder to to navigate and like get through. Um, and we like without guidance, like we're learning on our own, we're groundbreakers. So um, yeah, I feel like it just teaches us to have more grit and perseverance and especially through this pandemic and everything, like it just kind of just shows that we really are, um, I don't know, we're really just, Define the odds, I feel like <laughs> the best way I can put it. Um, yeah, it's a superpower because we really just have that practice and that training ourselves of being so determined and just pursuing regardless of the circumstances we have, which is, I think, really important to have in all areas of life. Even after we graduate, um, things may come our way. We're still going to we're still gonna be resilient and get through them. Um, and yeah, this experience, <laughs> being a first-gen student, uh, helps us and helps us build more character and more of that uh, perseverance. Definitely. I I love the term resilient. And it makes me think of like, you know, first gen uh, or first gen student is such an umbrella term. You know, there are so many identities that fall and intersect with that term. And just thinking like, you know, like one thing that we're all experiencing together collectively is the pandemic and how much more resilient we are all getting just because of we're alive during this time and that's not including our other identities and our other lived experiences so I just really love that and um, we're definitely you know paving the way with with being resilient and setting up those odds and making it also like you know both of you have uh, like uplifted people you know or been uplifted by others so we take that resilience and we make it so that other people don't have to be as resilient as us in those ways that maybe we've had to like you know develop a tougher skin by you know being louder about our struggles or like the first gen week designing things like that where it's specifically set up to empower students who so that they don't have to figure it out later like we sort of had to do you know those kinds of situations so 
I love that. Um, so I guess that kind of transitions into the next question um, of like, what did you wish you knew about college that you know now? So something I wish I had known about college that I know now is that being involved is so beneficial for students, whether it's socially or professionally. Being involved for me has been, you know, really beneficial for me as a student uh, and academically and socially, because now I have a community of people around me that I know has either been in similar situations or similar struggles or understands what struggles I've been through. And I think, you know, being able to have that connection with other people is really a key point. Um, Like I said, I was a commuter student for almost two years before I got involved. And I think that as soon as I found out that I wanted to be involved and I ended up becoming involved, I wish I had done it earlier. And I think if I could tell myself as a, like my freshman year, go do something, find something. It doesn't mean, no, don't find just anything, but do something that you're actually, you know, that you like or that you click with or you connect with. I think that for me was good. And um, having that connection with students really helped me get out of my shell and really uh, collaborate with others. And even professionally, just as myself with being in a professional, um, in a leadership role, I think it has helped me because I've had so many different connections as being a part of the leadership role that I've now have landed another job through this um, particular leadership role. And, you know, I've been able to connect with so many people on campus and so many people even in the, our community that I think I wouldn't have connected with without becoming involved in this organization um, and even in a leadership role like I am now. Definitely. And um, you just never know what opportunities come from, you know, just being involved in a school club, like something that maybe was starting just so that you could find some friends. And like you said, now you're you found another job like that's really awesome. Um, and you just never know. So, like I sometimes I like to think about like if I ever start a business or something, I'm like, oh, I already know exactly who I'm going to ask to work with me. And it's probably people from like my clubs and everything that I'm a part of. because I'm like, they're awesome and they have these dreams and I want them to be a part of this, you know. Um, and who knows, it might actually become reality, but it's building those connections. Um, so I love that. What about you, Angelica? I would say, um, well, I also really love that and I wish I knew that as well. Um, But I think uh, something that I really wish that I knew um, when I was starting college is to not compare myself to like other students' path um, and like feel bad (laughs) about like my path because I actually did take like a few, uh, I think I actually don't have the time in on the top of my head, but I think it was a year off being not a full-time student. So I was only like a part-time student, um, for around a year. Um, and I felt bad about that. I was like, <laughs> cause I was working, but I, I don't know. I was just like, I, I feel like I'm not, um, graduating on time. Like, cause of the four-year plan kids who went to high school with me, like my friends who were going to graduate soon, they're going to graduate before me. And I felt like I was behind. I was like, I'm missing out. Like, I feel like I'm just, I don't know. And I see other first-gen students who are also like doing that same thing. So I'm like, I felt bad about myself and like, especially when I was taking that time off being a part-time student. So, um, but like literally <laughs> I wish I knew, like I, I shouldn't compare myself to other people's path. Cause like everyone has a unique situation and we all like, it is, we all have unique situations. Like there's no need to like compare and there's no right way to go to college. Like 
I feel like um, it's always okay to change your major too. Like we all have a unique path. I feel like it's the thing I wish I knew. Like you don't need to fit a certain mold and graduate in four years and be a full-time student all the time. Um, and there is no shame in, in like being a part-time or taking time off. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of what I wish I knew. I know now I feel a lot better now because I found my path. <laughs> I love that. And you, you speak so much truth in everything that you said, you know, because um, the four year plan is honestly not a sustainable plan. Like that's if you are financially covered and not working. It's not taking into account students that are working and who still sometimes manage to pull that off. Um, I was not one of those students. Um, it's going to take me five and a half, almost six years to finish my degrees, but that's OK. Um, and that's not including grad school time or if that's even something I want to do. But like it's okay. Everyone, it's not a race. And I think it's very like, cause we transition. Oh, well, a lot of us transition out of high school where you kind of were on that path. And if you didn't finish, it's because you were behind, but that same system doesn't translate into the college experience because now we're whole adults trying to just live our lives, pursue whatever dreams we have, or just be financially independent. Like it just, that system doesn't work. And so I love that. Like, it's not a race. And it's not going to be the same. Like, I don't know. Sometimes people find out like, oh, the way I'm using my degree is not at all how I plan to use it or those kinds of things, you know, since we never know where life is going to take us. So that's really cool. Um, is there anything else that any either of you wanted to add to that? Or mm, I just wanted to say, like how you said, it's not a race, because sometimes I feel like <laughs> that's how I used to feel. I'm like, oh, it's a, I, need, I need to graduate fast. <laughs> Cause, for real <laughs> um yeah I mean I, I I feel the same way I mean I somehow am managing to do the four years but I'm also like I originally went in the honors college and just decided that's not what I want to do so now I'm actually going to do my four years instead of over because um, if I was to finish my honors it'd be another year so I totally get it like you know not everyone can do the four years and sometimes you know life situations happen and you just can't you just can't do it and I think that's something we always like to, that's why one of our key things in our organization is, you know, with our memberships and everything, you know, we have a set membership fee or whatever that's for one time. So whether it takes four years or 40 years, you know, to graduate, we understand that not every college student is going to take four years to graduate. We know sometimes it can take longer. Sometimes it can take shorter, but you know, we understand that, you know, everyone has a different situation and everyone's situation is unique. Definitely. Um, I love that. Thank you both for sharing. Um, well, I guess we're down to the like the last couple of minutes of the episode. Was there anything that either of you wanted to share or any last advice that you wanted to give to, you know, first gen students that are listening to this podcast? Um, yeah, I think one of the advice I would like to give is um, to kind of close this off is for first-generation students to get involved in something, if it, whether it's first-generation clubs or something similar at your organi- at your at your university, or anything that's you know professional related. So like if you're like a marketing major, AMA, or like a business uh, student, um, DECA, I hear is always a good one. Um, or even finding something that just has similar interests, like a gardening club or um, like a Star Wars like club, like whatever you can find that you find interest in do it because if I 
was to have gotten involved early on, I think I would have had even more fun than I have now in college. And just to do something that you love. And I think that also makes it uh, easier to get through the college struggles is to have something that you enjoy and that you uh, like to do on your own uh, time. And then um, definitely something that I always tell my members that come up to me um, is to ask questions. No question is a bad question. And I think as first generation students, we don't like to ask questions questions because we think that the answer is either everyone knows the answer or it's a stupid question and I'll I'll say this just because this is what has kind of stuck with me from one of my professors is the fact that you know the only dumb question is the question you don't ask and I think it's kind of resent it it stuck with me because just because you know you're scared of asking the question, I'd rather members be scared for that couple minutes while they're asking the question than be worried about whatever the question is about for longer periods of time. And I think that is something that first generation students or any student in general should really know is to, you know, ask the questions if you don't know it because you never know if the person that's also listening to that conversation may also have that same question. I love that. That's really good advice, especially about the question part. Because also, there's probably like 20 other students that had the same question, you know, and that nobody was asking. So that's really great advice. Thank you for sharing that, Cricket. Um, what about you, Angelica? Um, I would say um, to, well, like how we mentioned earlier, like don't compare yourself to others. Um, I feel like that's something that really is something to keep in mind, like on a daily basis for myself, like not only in college wise, but like in general, just like Comparing yourself is not, is not helpful. Um, yeah, being proud of your accomplishments is something that uh, I think is something really important to keep in mind as a first-gen student, especially through the pandemic. Because, or I guess every student right now is first-gen student, like how Cricket mentioned earlier. But um, really just taking that time to acknowledge what you've been through. Like, this is something that, like, no other generation has gone through, like, doing online classes and um, just give yourself that credit and not don't don't feel bad about yourself um, if you need to take time off school or anything or if you feel like you're not doing good enough in your classes because like this is a really uh, unique and strange situation especially for first gen students through this experience with the pandemic so um, just be proud of yourself um, yeah and and I guess the last thing um, is if you do have younger siblings um, I guess like make sure to pass on the guidance that you do uh, that you've gained through your first gen experience in college. Um, yeah, just passing down like what you've gained, I think and giving back is something that is uh, to keep in mind as a first gen student as well. I love that. Thank you for sharing that, Angelica. Um, and definitely, I don't think first gen students are gatekeepers, but you know, I love that you threw that out there just in case because sometimes we it happens, you know, um, and because. There's so many things that we didn't know. So I just love that you emphasize to share and pass on that information with others, especially your siblings who are literally all of you are paving the way. So thank you so much. Um, this has been a great conversation. And, you know, thank you for coming and sharing a bit of your time and your story with us. I'm sure there are many, many um, students who are resonating with some of the things that you have said. Um, so I guess we should end the podcast with telling us a little bit of how we can reach the First Gen Club? 
Yeah, so um, we do have a social media uh, at UNLV1GC on Instagram um, is how like we communicate all of our events um, and our flyers and activities that we have. If you have any questions, you can always DM us there. I'm actually the social media coordinator, so um, I'll be able to help you out there. Um, and on the Involvement Center, um, we do have uh, a page there and you can find more find out more about us and find out what events we're holding and RSVP for them there as well um, on the Involvement Center. And yeah, we normally have meetings every every other Thursday um, from 12 to 1 p.m. on Google Meet, um, at least this semester. <laughs> awesome, yeah, thank you. Um, definitely, I'm sure there's some students that would be interested in checking out those that social media and website and being a part of this club. So um, thank you so much for sharing and um to the listeners <laughs> thank you for tuning in and giving us some of your time to listen to our conversation um if you enjoyed part of our conversation um as always feel free to share it with your friends who might be interested and you can reach us at unlv new gen podcast at gmail.com thank you